On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and most importantly, his fans. I am Jesse Jackson, and I have the pleasure of having Candace joining me today. Hey, Candace, how are you? I am fine, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is great. I, I, I'm looking forward to talking a little Bruce and kind of oh, visit sure. everything. So why don't you tell us a little about yourself, um, like where you live, what's going on, family, and then talk to us how you found Bruce. Okay. Well, my name is Candace Dawson, and I live in the beautiful state of Virginia via Chicago. I've been here about 18 years And I have a wonderful husband who is retired now after 35 years in the fire department. Ah. Uh, Yes, a very important job. And uh, I have one son who is, God, he's going to be 29 this year. Ah. And he is currently in Columbia, Cali, Columbia, uh, teaching math. So he's there for two years. So, I'm hoping to have a new place to go visit next year. Ooh, that does sound fun. <laughs> and, um, you know, my infatuation with Bruce started uh, probably in 1975, I would say. Wow, okay. Uh, back in high school, and I was trying to rack my brain and think of how I first came upon Bruce, and I don't really remember Um, If it was the radio, if it was press through the newspaper or what, but something caught my fascination because I I had newspaper clippings still at the house here. And um, it was my my two favorites were Bruce Springsteen and Clint Eastwood. Okay. (laughs) Quite a pair. Yes. Um, But I would always clip out things from the papers or the magazines on both those guys. So. Uh But um, Born to Run was my first album, I believe, I bought, and um, I only know that only because I had a party at my house and someone walked away with my album. Oh, no. I know. It was very disappointing, and I had to go out and buy another one. So, so thus started this long-term relationship. And so, um, if you had to guess, how many times have you bought... Born to Run in different formats. <laughs> um, golly. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I would say a handful of times. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I have the box set. I believe it's the anniversary set sitting here. I bought it for my son, and he never even opened it. Oh. Which which I, I would love to. I'm One day I'll find someone who really... Um, is a very big fan who doesn't have it, and I will uh, gift it to them, maybe this Christmas. Oh, nice. It'll 
it'll be a secret Santa gift. Oh, good. <laughs> so. Uh, well, and so you really can, as long as you can remember, have been a, friend, a fan of Bruce and his music. Yes, I have. Um, you know, Bruce, <laughs> and I know everyone has a story. Bruce kind of travels with you through your life experiences. Um, it's kind of interesting to sit here today in your 50s, or for me in my 50s, and look back and see how one person's um, art has stayed with you throughout your whole life. And um, I don't know many artists that have that kind of impact on individuals or a collective. And I know there's many of us out there that feel the same way, which is the beauty of Bruce, is that we are a community um, that come together with this same passion for it's not just Bruce the man but the music the the lyrics um the band I mean it's the whole package so um yeah he's traveled many roads with me yeah you know that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is um I uh kind of got to Bruce later in my life I was always aware of him but it wasn't until 2002 when I went and saw my first live show. Uh-huh. And so in the set lusting Bruce drinking game, um, <laughs> take a drink when Jesse says there are two kinds of fans, correct? The people that go to a concert and go, oh, that was a pretty good concert. I had a good time and move on to their life. And then others that say, oh, my goodness, I want to sell everything I own and go follow <laughs> this man on tour. I was the second part. And um, so since 2002, I've been able to see him 10 times. And, you know, I started finding out through social media, there's this whole network of Bruce Buds, of fans who adore Bruce's music. And it is true. I mean, they're... It's amazing. I mean, and it's amazing. And I, I'm not quite on the echelon of people that can become a statistician of, right. um, song, you know, all the factual information right. on songs and lyrics and how many times he played this and that. But um, there's so many people whose lives they've taught, he's touched, and yes. for so many different reasons. Yes. And, you know, I, um, I was, my wife, when she went to see him the second time, she wanted to know more, to be more prepared. So she listened. We went up to Cleveland. Uh, it was our first vacation we had taken together um, in a long time, just her and I. And so I had done a lot of walking, so I'd be ready to do bur- bourbon tours with her. And she <laughs> listened to a lot of Bruce so that she'd be ready for the concert. And she kept picking at me at the show. Well, you didn't play me this one. You didn't play me this one. So after the fact, I went to three different shows, you know, downloaded the set list, did an Excel spreadsheet and showed him that showed her that, you know, only 50 to 60 percent of the songs were played on all three nights. And the other 40 (laughs) or 50 percent were maybe two of the nights and at least a small percentage were only one timers. So um, unless you are a fanatical fan or someone who's been around and, you know, listened for a long time, you know, if you're a casual fan, you're going to hear songs like, oh, 
I didn't know that one. So um, that's interesting. Um, so do you have a count of how many times you've seen him live? You know what? I really, that too, I do not have a count okay, of. Okay, that's um, fine. Double digits, but okay. um, irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, oh, I think I've seen him every tour except um, I did not see him on the Tom Joe tour and I did not see uh, the Seeger sessions, which I'm terribly upset that I did not get to see him on that tour as well. So, Candace, um, I am right there with you. You know, I saw him in the Rising Tour, and that was the first time I saw him. And uh, when I bought the Seeger CD, I didn't love it. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't, you know, it just wasn't, it didn't speak to me, you know, and um, I wasn't, I just wasn't in love with the songs. Right. So, he didn't come anywhere close to Dallas, and so I didn't make an effort to go see him. And my good friend Sam, you know, talked about, um, he said, God, seeing the Seeger Sessions live was as close to religious experience as I've ever had. And, you know, then when I bought the DVD set of him in Ireland, I went, oh, my goodness, how did I miss this? I know. It's the, the musicians in that is just phenomenal. Huh. Um I would have loved to, and I think mostly because that's more my husband's type of music that he loves uh-huh. as much as I've kind of forced him into going to see Bruce many yeah. times with me. Um, that's the one we didn't go to that he probably would have loved the most. Now, I take it you guys have a mixed marriage? He's not a big fan? Um, well, this is a second marriage for both of us. Okay. My my first husband was a very big fan, still is a very big fan. Uh-huh. Um, and this, my current husband uh, pretends not to be a big fan. Ah. And <laughs> until I found that he had downloaded all, all this Bruce music on his um, phone that yeah. he sleeps that he sleeps to at night and it's like three quarters of Bruce's music. Oh, so, very inner night. So he very likes nice. to pretend he's not, but he, mm. he's a closet Bruce fan, I think. So Linda is um, not a very big fan. Um, and what really turned her around is when we went in 2012 up to Cleveland, um, I told her, I said, you've got to quit focus. Do not focus on Bruce's diction. Um, you know, you're, you're concerned about that he, you know, growls too much and, you know, kind of, you can't, your thought is you can't understand the words. I said, what I want you to do is just think of this as an instrumental and that his voice is another instrument. So he really isn't supposed to be saying anything. It's just how it, you know, goes. And um, since then, she's really liked it, and she will go and look up the lyrics and enjoy it. Um, she still is not a big fan of necessarily, you know, his CDs, and uh, though she does not turn off a Bruce song if it happens to roll up on her right. series channel, <laughs> but she does love the live show. And she and the second time we saw him when we were in Cleveland, we walked out and she said, "Okay, you know, you say seeing Bruce live can change your life. She goes, I don't know if it did that, but I think it changed my concert going life. Um, I have now got a new standard of what I think 
an artist should give us. And she has the biggest crush on Max. She just, oh, that's my boy. She just talks about, oh. Uh, so, yeah, that's, so we kind of make it work. Uh, is, yeah, there's nothing, nothing, nothing comes close to um, the live concert. Yes. The, ener- the energy and passion that's put into um, each concert and just the energy that the crowd uh, emits back is, is just a beautiful thing. And, um you don't get that at a lot of shows. No, you don't. Um, do you, are you a pit person, general, or assigned seats? What What do you like? Well, I have been, um, later in life, it's been assigned seats only yes. because my husband, <laughs> he's a very big guy. He's 6'5", yes. and he doesn't like to stand because he doesn't want to obstruct the view of the people behind him. He's okay. very conscientious about oh, that. That's nice. And he also has back problems. So we usually would get um, seated seats. But this last tour, um, I was fortunate enough to go to the last, um, well, we had tickets for the last four concerts, but we only went to three of them, my girlfriend and I. So we um, did the pit. Mm-hmm. For all of them, and it was, I, I take that back, I'm sorry, the last night at the Mohegan Sun, mm-hmm. we had seats. Um, so, both, and the pit, there's nothing like it, even though we weren't in the front, we were kind of yeah. in the back, because we had missed our number by about three, Yeah, which is always my luck, but yes. so be it, I was in the house, Yes, that, that's what matters. Indeed. Um, it's still... To be in the pit and to be with the fans that really want to be there, right? Who have that passion is quite a quite a sharing. <laughs> I I always admire people that do that. I am a man of size, and um, do um, have a little bit of back problems, but mostly it's a stomach problem, uh-huh. and so I don't like standing for a long time, um, and. Much less, you know, when my friend Sam was like, okay, are we going to get pit tickets? I go, let me explain this. Let me let me go through this. Okay, we're going to get there. We have to get there multiple hours ahead, stand in line, then go stand up a few hours before the show. Then once the show starts, we have to stand again. You know, we may have to stand 10 or 12 hours. And he's looking at me like, yeah, what's your point? I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm too lazy and fat. Um, you know, so I admire the people that can have that kind of drive and energy. And um, it is fun. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't quite sure uh, I was up for the task myself, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I was talked into it. Yeah. And, um, and I did it with three fractured ribs unbeknownst to me. Wow. Well, (laughs) you know, Colleen from Chicago Uh um, has talked about, she says, when I get tired, I look at this, the band and knowing that they're doing this, you know, every other night. And if they can do it, I can do it. And I said, man, you rock on. That is awesome. Yeah. And there's, honestly, there's people older than me there. Yes, I know. It is. I admire everyone so much. I I don't complain. You know, once you get in, once you get in, the lights go out, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're in the crowd. You're lost. Oh, I can imagine. And I'm sure there's an energy 
you know, that just gets there and just kind of pulls you up. Um, I did, uh, when he was in Dallas um, for the NCAA tour, um, I did stand for that whole tour, I, that whole show. I, My friend um, got in the pit, and I was just claustrophobic, and it, and so I just went to the back, and I got near the sound booth, and it was an outdoor, you know, venue. Right. And um, so I sat during um, the open. There was like four or five bands, and so the uh, the band right before it, you know, I I sat down and ate some curly fries and drank a diet coke, and then I stood up. You know, when Bruce was going to came, he came out to Sweet Georgia Brown, and then they played Jump, and there were two guys there with me that had never seen him live, were just there for the show, uh, for the basketball tournament, and a big part of the crowd was there just because it was free, and as I've talked about many times, he did a much hit, uh, hit-centric hit show than he would normally do, because, you know, one of the great things about Bruce is he knows his crowd, and he plays Hi. it, um, and, uh, you know, so about halfway through, I looked over to the two guys, and I said, so did I oversell it? And they go, no, this guy is amazing. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of a, a nice feeling. So is there any special moments, and it certainly can be more than one, of live shows that, you know, something special happened or, you know, you have a fond memory? Oh, my God, there's there's quite a few. Please, take um, all the time I won't, you want. I won't bore you with them all, but... Um, one of the first probably is in, uh, I think it was 81. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Bruce and the band at Red Rocks. This is when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And if you've never been to Red Rocks right outside of Denver, it's a beautiful natural amphitheater. So I I have seen it. Um, I believe that's where this ultimate weight loss, they do a lot of scenes there where the people will be, you know, doing the bleachers. And I've heard the guy who runs it on E Street Radio. It looks like an amazing venue. It, it's gorgeous, and the sound is beautiful. And I'm not, and I sometimes get my concerts confused and my everything, you know, mixed up. No but problem. It either it either had rained or um, maybe it was the moon was coming up, and it mm-hmm. was just gorgeous. And as it, the moon came up, the crowd went crazy and I think Bruce might have thought we were going a little bit more crazy for him yeah. than for what was happening <laughs> no 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 we all went crazy for yeah. him as well but it just the setting you it was just breathtaking and then to be in the presence of the man well dare I say anymore yeah. it was just a great 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 um concert and I think that's uh that was on the river tour oh neat and then um a not so fun experience yes. <laughs> was the Chicago Stadium show, um, tour and the Born in the USA. And I know I've talked to some other fans that I've met um, through going to concerts who also were at the show. And it was just deadly hot that yeah. day. And um, it was general admission. And this is, um, I had gone with my first husband and we had spent the night out on a boat out in the harbor right across mm-hmm. from Soldier Field. And we had done a little bit of drinking that night, okay. so which we probably shouldn't have, but I believe I was in my 20s still. So you Absolutely. do what you do. Yes. And um, they didn't let you bring in anything 
um, to sit on the field. So, and they put a black tarp over the field. Ooh. So it was just so hot. Yeah. And we were a little hungover and a little dehydrated. And I remember them hosing down the crowd. Yeah. And I remember them carrying off people left and right. Wow. Over the sands. And I remember running into some friends who were nicely, when the concert did start. Yeah. We kind of, we were, I don't know, we weren't even for staying out all night and getting, we got there probably at six in the morning. Yeah. Um, to line up and we were probably at the I don't know 25 yards so we, okay. were, we weren't close and we weren't terribly far but right uh, we ran into friends who were you know freshly showered and yeah. everything <laughs> we were like we were like wet noodles yes and dead to the world I couldn't even move and we finally we went and sat up on the very like we went up very high and sat up on the side and just watched the screen because we couldn't yeah. I couldn't literally I couldn't move yeah because I was so um sick yeah <laughs> from this from the heat and everything and um it just was one of those experiences where you kind of ruined it for yourself but right. it, but it was a great concert yes <laughs> We didn't we didn't make it so great. Um, <laughs> that reminds me, um, every once in a while, um, my brother-in-law um, will mention to his wife, who is my wife's sister, and he will say, um, I just a reminder, you two could not drink as much as Chris, my son, did when you were 25, <laughs> much less where you are now, you know, so. Uh, yeah, you know, we were young and, you yes. know, you do what you do. And, uh, exactly. My, my son says all the time, uh, hey, Pop, I was young and dumb, you know, and, uh, and that's the time to do that. Uh, you know, it sounds perfect. I mean, out on a boat and out on the, you know, the it lake. Was, and it, again, it was just... <laughs> I left out the best part. I don't know okay. if it was the best part, but yeah. the, the one thing that was happening behind us yeah. where we were sitting was there was a couple having sex behind us up in the stands <laughs> <laughs> during the concert. And I was like, well, now this is a first. <laughs> so, you know, you could only hope there's a Bruce baby nine months later. I know. I, I certainly have story, a, you a know? big Bruce floating around yeah, here. When- when when he was singing I'm going down, well just oh, okay, enough said. That is hilarious. Oh, and it also was I I believe it was that concert too. There was a terrible um accident. Mm-hmm. I believe it was that concert. I believe it was on the way to the concert or sometime and there were some uh deaths in the con- in the accident and I believe yeah. Bruce put out something about that as well. Um uh-huh. You know, so he's very, very conscientious about his fans and um, what's going on around. Yeah. Um, and I know from reading the Dave Marsh um, biographies and um, the latest one um, from, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on the guy who wrote it. Uh, you know, they talked about his concern to do these arena type shows because he'd always done even you know in big venues a very intimate show right um so um and it and it he has been able to keep that magic yeah and the arenas i mean they do lose 
they do lose some of that. I mean, when you're sitting far enough away that you need yeah. to look at a screen to see them, mm-hmm. it does lose some of that connection that you're, you want to get. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate a couple times, I believe goes during the Tunnel of Love tour again in Chicago. Um, we had second row seats and they had seating on the the floor. There was yeah. no pit. They had uh, rows of seating and we okay. were in the second row. And then um, this last, the Mohegan Sun, my girlfriend and I had seats, but we were in the first row, um, which is very funny because there is a um, video going mm-hmm. around of the last show. Yeah. And half our bodies are in like the Oh, whole- how funny the whole concert yes. i'm like oh my god <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, i'm not saying what i was wearing <laughs> okay i understand uh, no problem uh that is awesome um but to be close like yeah. that is quite a different experience than being just one of the masses i mean yeah it, Everyone should should only be lucky enough to get to experience that at least once in their life. You know, with any artist that they truly, truly have a bond with or really love. I mean, that's that's quite a treat. I mean, that is the ultimate. So um, the closest I've been is, um, you know, I'd seen him in 2002. And um, he was playing in Dallas at a very small venue um, Verizon uh, Theater in Grand Prairie, Texas, right outside mm-hmm. Dallas. And it's it was the Devils and Dust tour. Right. And so I, you know, I told my wife, I said, I really, really want to go to this show. Um, do you care? And she's like, no, I don't care. I don't want to go. So I found a single seat, and it was at the very top uh, the, there's, it's a two, and I'm using my hands like listeners can see, but you know, it's there's two levels. There's a bottom level, and then there's a balcony that kind of goes over. And it was at the very back of the first level. Uh-huh. There was a pillar, and then a seat, and then the aisle. And I had that seat where, you know, the <laughs> pillar was next to me, and there. And you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm all excited. And a guy comes up and says. Uh, do you want better seats? And I said, nah, because I, you know, I, I thought of it being a scalper. Right. And then it hit me. Wait a minute. I'm in the venue. <laughs> this can't be a scalper. And I said, yeah, I want to be. He says, okay, here, go. And so I ended up being at the very, like, third or fourth row uh, from the stage. That's awesome. Not as good as uh, we said, uh, you know, um, not quite as good a, a better, not not as good as Daryl Johnston's, uh, you know, from the Dallas Cowboys. He was a football player, uh-huh. a Fox analyst. Not as good as his, but better than Babe Laufenberg, which is another <laughs> local celebrity. And what was funny is, you know, um, Daryl Johnston was called the Moose. So people were moose, moose, oh. or, but we weren't sure. Was it Bruce or moose? Um, so I did get to see him, you know, and, and I did have the experience. This is not an exaggeration of some kids in their twenties showed up late. They were drunk and they got up in the middle and you could hear, when's he going to play board? You know, when's he going to play, you know, yeah. um, 
you know, born in the USA or, and, uh, you know, they left. Um, and so that was amazing. And that truly was, if you, you know, if you've seen his storytellers around that time, you know, that's what that show was like. It was, yeah, it was, um, my brother flew out to Richmond from Chicago for that show. I had a couple seats and we had about 10th row seats on the side and Mm -hmm. Bruce, at one point in the concert, he, he stopped singing. He's like, I guess he was talking to security, but there was somebody sitting like straight in front of him. Yeah. A couple rows back. And it's like this. He's like, this guy's scaring me. Can you, can you, and I don't know if the guy was drunk or what, but security ended up removing him. But it was like the first time I've ever seen him do something like that. I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, you get those kind of people or people that rudely talk during places where they shouldn't be or you don't want where you want to listen and someone near you is talking yeah and you know that's also the tour where he said please don't clap my time my rhythm is is you know tennis at best you know because it was just him and his guitar and uh just amazing um so is there any, and I know it's this is a tough question, but any specific um, songs or albums that mean a lot to you? And if there's a story, please feel free to share. Um, let's see. Well, I guess the song probably that resonates with me the most, the, and I can only go back to the Born to Run album because yeah. it was my first album, sure. was Backstreet's. And that's always just been my go-to song um, for for whatever reason. um, It just takes me back to being 15 years old and what you're going through as a a young teenager. And um, probably the most special moment of hearing him play that was uh, one of the shows in Richmond that he did. I took my son with me to the show and he knows how much I love that song and right when uh, Roy started his opening keyboards um, my son grabbed my hand during that song and you know you don't expect a, a young right. guy to do to do something like that but it meant the world to me because he knew how much the song meant to me yeah. and um, that's a moment that I kind of freeze frame in my mind that it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And then there's just, um, there's a lot of meaning to a lot of different songs. I mean, the whole Rising album, because of my husband's occupation, sure. um, and he was a deputy fire chief at the time of 9-11, um, when that album came out, there was just so much uh, more to it for us because of thinking about you know, the lives that were lost and like the firemen and the fire departments that were lost. And when we sat and talked about, he could have been, he, it was like losing his whole department. Right. (laughs) And we think, and then you start thinking about all the people, you know, in the department and their families and extended families and things in it. And that really hit home for both of us. And some of the lyrics in um, the songs were really, um, poignant and um very heartfelt and still kind of take me right back and when my brother-in-law 
um, is now a retired firefighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a captain. And it it's odd because we never thought about it being dangerous. Um, you know, he worked um, at the Allen Fire Department. It's a very, you know, um, new community north of Dallas. Um uh, uh-huh. You know, a lot of modern homes and, you know, they they were a growing municipality. And I just never thought of Clay having a dangerous job. He just was a firefighter and he, you know, he got he had the best schedule in the world. You know, he worked one day and he was off two days. Yeah. As he jokes about it, every every day is my Friday. And after 9-11, it kind of hit you. Doesn't matter what kind of neighborhood it is, you know. If and you know, and especially he tells the funny stories, right? About right. you know, people calling, and it turns out that this beep that they're hearing is the um, the prong that you can tell whether the meat is done or not, you know, with right. a low battery alert, you know, and and um, you know, and so they've called them and they're hearing this noise and they're finding it, and you know, a few things, uh, you know, a lot of jokes about. Um, you're just, you know, I, why do you guys got to take up three of the lanes when there's, you know, a, a wreck, you know, and you're backed up traffic and, you know, and, you know, he always jokes, you're just lucky I gave you one lane. Cause if it was me, I'd take them all because I don't need some crazy driver hitting one of me, me or one of my, you know, uh, crewmates, you know, fellow firefighter. Fire, firemen are a breed apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I, I can imagine, uh, because I think that album um, touched us all, and, um, and I know many people, it, that's a ritual on 9-11, you listen to The Rising, you know, and just think about it and grateful for um, the sacrifices people made and for the right. work they do every day. So, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, so and the, and there's just so many. There's so many songs yeah. that mean so much for different reasons and at different times. And yeah. um, and you still sometimes even today you, you relate to different songs for maybe something you're going through today that maybe you didn't relate to 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Um, so it's just interesting how his catalog of music can. Uh, stay with you, yet the meaning changes over the years. Yes. And what it means to you, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Land of Hope and Dreams is something that really means a lot to me. Um, I have told this sh- story on the show, but, you know, my son had a rough freshman year in college and um, mm-hmm. was feeling very, very discouraged. And, you know, it, 19, you know, he's, you know, I've screwed up my life. And, you know, and I, I, first off, I told him, you know, that there's always, there's always time for, you know, redemption. And there's always time to turn around your life. And, and, you know, I played Land of Hope and Dreams, you know, when I'm driving him back and forth to college and he'd have to hear it, you know, Uh, you know, and I just said, you know, faith will be rewarded. You can right. do this. Um, and so, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And there is there is a healing to um, those songs. And uh, there's a joy in it, too. But um, 
I was asked to do a management talk um, at the company I was working for at the time in Manila. We had a call center, and I was visiting, and they, they said anytime we have a, um, a director or someone that visits Manila, we ask them to do a management talk. And, and they said, you can be whatever you want. And one of the things I did is I quoted lyrics from Better Days and mm-hmm. said, I think too many of us focus on if I get this promotion, then I'll be happy. After, you know, um, we, I get married, then I'll be happy. If, you know, uh, and once I get the kids out of diaper, then I'll be happy. And I said, right. instead of going, I'm going to enjoy whatever I'm going through right now. Because, you know, you, you don't want to wait for your ship to come in, right? No, right now is all you have. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what you're, you're only guaranteed right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you've taken your love of Bruce and put it in a creative uh, um, input, correct? Yes, I have. Um, About, let's see, in 2010, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and um, kind of a fluke thing for me, because there was no family history, and then in 2012, I had a second diagnosis, Mm. so that really... um, kind of put the fear of God in me, yeah. <laughs> and I, I needed something to do to kind of divert my attention, <laughs> and I, des- I decided to start stamping jewelry. I don't know why I ch- chose that, but it just, it seemed like it would be something I could do, and okay. I took up the craft, and I was self-taught, and start, and then I started taking some classes, and it just kind of snowballed into different things, and I started um, stamping lyrics. Okay. And just giving them as gifts to friends, and mostly my Bruce friends. Right. Who, who, um, because those were the only lyrics that really mattered to me. Sure. Um, and the only lyrics, really the lyrics that I, I listened to the most, so... Um, and the beauty of social media, I was posting some of my jewelry on Facebook and on Twitter, and um, a few people had mentioned, um, had messaged me that they really liked what I was doing, and could they talk to me further about it, uh, vice versa, and um, Tony being one of them, who you've had on your yes. podcast already, and he and I just decided that we wanted to share the the love of Bruce with all the Bruce buds and make something that would be um, memorable and affordable for Bruce fans to have with them at all times. And it's just been a joy because that's opened up a whole world of new friendships um, for me and I know for Tony as well. All over the world, I've met so many new people um, who I now consider friends. And even in the United States and at new concerts or at concerts, and I found someone to drive with me to Albany to the concert because my girlfriend couldn't go. And, you know, things (laughs) you just wouldn't believe that my small little world became huge 
um, in a matter of weeks, all because of the love of stamping Bruce's lyrics and jewelry. And um, it's been wonderful, and I still do it. And I do other things as well um, with jewelry, but mm-hmm. that's that to me... That was my passion. I mean, that was a lot of fun, and that meant the most to me because during my whole illness, Bruce's music is what I focus on. I had the pleasure of seeing him in concert before I went in for surgery. Yes. And after. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I remember beforehand hoping for either my city of ruins or land of hope and dreams, something with hope and faith right. in it and um, strength and love. And just to give me, I just needed to hear it. It was, it's like the church of Bruce. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> and, and that's, um, did he, so, what did he play something for? Did he, he did. And I, and, and I don't remember which okay. one he played, but he played, I, I, I got, I got, um, my heart was full. Okay. I remember leaving and it was like, ah, I can leave full now. And then I remember, I believe my girlfriend from New York had flown in. We went up to Charlottesville to see Mm. the show. And, um, again, it was just, this was after I had undergone some surgery and I'm sure my surgeon wouldn't have been happy to know I was at a concert clapping. Yeah. But, um, you know, you do what you got to do. Exactly. When Bruce is an hour away from you. Exactly. You know, you go if you can go. And exactly. And we, we had seats that time. Yeah. But, um, Was there any special song you played a lot or just a lot of different Bruce while you were, I assume you went through some chemo and maybe surgery? This time, I, the first time I went through radiation, the okay. second time I did not have to go through chemo, but I... Unfortunately, I had um, a situation where I was hospitalized mm. about eight times in two years wow. um, because I had infection and yeah. ended up with sepsis, and it was just a it was just a bad situation. Sure. So, um, anything that said faith, yes, and. One of my necklaces that I wear is from Into the Fire, where yeah. um, I have strength, faith, hope, and love, and I have that stamped on a necklace, and that's, I wear it all the time, and I've given it my, I have a dear friend whose 13-year-old daughter is going through cancer, and I gave her one to wear, and it just says it all in four words. You know, um, I may have to order that. I currently have a... Um, I ordered one of your um, guitar picks Uh and uh, you know, that's kind of a bracelet, but I, you know, I took it off the bracelet and I have, uh, I'm a type two diabetic. So I wear a, you know, ID alert around my neck all the time and it has my name and I'm allergic to penicillin. And then I have a blue TARDIS keychain, you know, dog tag because I, I love Dr. Who. And so I then put your keychain that says Bruce Bud, the little guitar tick, right. and I wear all three of them every day. Oh, wonderful. You know, and so uh, that kind of um, feeling it. But I, I think uh, strength, you know, the faith, hope, love, uh, that, that. It just says it all. I'll I mean, say it's, it all. And there's so many, I just have to say, there's so many Bruce fans that I've come in contact to, and everyone has a story, you know, um, 
my story is nothing compared to some of the stories I have heard from other fans and um, whether it's down on your luck, you know, with the economy and all of that or illness. And it's just a beautiful thing to be able to meet um, people via social media through Bruce is music and be a support system um, for for each other, even though we've never met face to face. Absolutely, you know, um, uh, Lynette Carolla does a re- not consistently, but she at times does a Tenth Avenue podcast where she mm-hmm. talks to people. And uh, Brian Bishop, who is Adam Carolla's partner, was on, and he was talking about um, a tunnel of love, and he was giving it love. And he told the story that he was fighting cancer and that he would play All That Heaven Will Allow because the verse that says, Now some may want to die, young man, young and gloriously. Get it straight now, mister. Hey, buddy, that ain't me. Because I've got something on my mind that sets me straight and walking proud. And I want all the time all that heaven will allow. Right. And he said when he was fighting his cancer, he just kept playing that. I want all the time that heaven will allow. And I, first off, that I have a very sentimental favorite for that album. I, I think it's a, I think it's a really special album. And but to hear him talk about that and to hear that how he, this is a love song, but he took it and turned it that way, it really touched me. Right. And I think about that all the time that, you know, I, I want all the time that heaven will allow. And that's so true about so many of um, Bruce's lyrics is that we do make them into our own stories. Yes. You know, we fit them, we, we weave them into our our lives and, yeah. and into our story and they do fit. And that's why um, on Into the Fire, I would just like sing the last four lines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Over and over and over to myself because it did give me strength. Yes. And it did give me faith. Um, And it's whatever you need, whatever you can draw upon when things are bad and when you're feeling down, um, you go to those places and you go to the things that that help you um, uplift and move forward. And um, I'm just happy to be able to give another fan a piece of joy sometimes because a lot of times um, I've sent many gifts to people and you know, whether or not they knew it was coming or not. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and that's what it's all about. And that's what Tony and I started off. And it wasn't necessarily about the almighty dollar. It was more about let's make this affordable and let's give people something that, you know, that means something to them. So um, it's been really a joy. I, I I love doing it, and I hope to continue doing it for a, a long time. <laughs> well, and, and I really, you know, kind of, I, I interviewed Donna from uh, Bruce Funds yes. uh, for the show, uh-huh. and um, it'll be coming out shortly. And, um, and, you know, she talked about, you know, we take care of our own is <laughs> yes. a very misunderstood song, but she's taken that lyrics um, and made it not um, 
ironic or sarcastic, but it truly is, you know, we take care of our own. And, and that's another example of taking Bruce's music and turning it to feed you. And, and I do feel like, you know, as Bruce buds, you're, you're spell, you're, you're, you're sending out the love out into the universe in whatever form you want to call it. I mean, you know, this is, we are, we are, we're religion agnostic on set lusting Bruce. We all worship at the altar of the almighty East Street band, but right. you know, no matter what your deity, uh, he or she, you know, um, we're here to take care of each other and to help each other. And I think, uh, you and Tony both are spreading the love and, uh, good for you. Well, we try, we try very hard and we try to do right by others. And, um, a shout out to Donna because Donna was my ride to Albany. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, we had only been talking, I think, via social media, and she lives in New York. And I think she went out of her way to meet me to drive with me to mm-hmm. Albany because I was at my my girlfriend was sick at the time yeah. and she couldn't go to the concert and we ended up going together. But I had also I had sent John. Donna some jewelry um, yeah. beforehand because I really believed in what she does with Bruce funds yes. as well. Um, and, you know, we chit chatted the whole way there and the whole way back. So. I, I got to meet her at Nashville and I told the story on the episode. So I apologize for those of you hearing it again, but um, you know, um, I had made a, we had made arrangements for different, you know, friends of, um, the Bruce funds to meet at a restaurant there in Nashville the night before uh-huh. the show. And my wife's like, aren't you worried about meeting these strangers? And I said, well, first they're Bruce fans. And then she, you know, uh, rolls her eyes. And two, I said, I think they're all women. And so shouldn't they be worried about this guy coming to meet them? And she said, yeah, I guess. And now I'm a little concerned you're going to meet all these women. And, um, and so we sent a picture and, and I forwarded it to her and she goes, okay, they all look, um, they look all in love with Bruce more than they would be you. I said, absolutely. Um, and there is such a greatness. So we're all hoping for a 2016 tour. Yes, uh, indeed. I am certainly hoping it was nice to kind of have a little fill in in between with a little Jake and a little yes. Nils in between. Right. But but we're waiting very patiently yes. for 2016. I'm not saying I'm obsessed, but I still have his daily show goodbye on my DVR <laughs> that uh, every few days I play. Um, is there any songs that you have not got to hear him perform live that you'd want to or some that you've only heard once or maybe twice? Anything on your wish list? Oh my god! I would love to hear "Back in Your Arms." I've not heard that live. Oh, that would be good. That's on my list. Um, I am a sucker. I love. First of all, I love the signs. I love when they do covers of other people's music. Yes. I don't know why, but I just I think that is so much fun. I love oldies. Yes. Um, and I love the way. That this has developed, you know, originally, you know, stumping the band, and now then it's kind of become this ritual. And 
and I have, like I said, I've only seen him live since 2002. And I'm sure the bands in the late 70s and during the 80s, during his massive time, and that other band in the 90s. But I will tell you, this latest version, and we all miss Clarence and Danny, but this latest version kicks arse. I mean, it <laughs> is a orchestra up there with all the horns and the background singers and any, I mean... I, it just, this whole, this last um, concert with everybody, with um, yeah. between Cindy and Michelle and the horn section, which reminded me back of the Tunnel of Love yes. tour. And- well, and, you know, um, you know, Tom Morella, I know a lot of fans were not right. as happy, but you see his face. You see he is having a ball. Yeah, he's um, he he was great. I was able um, the last night at the Mohegan Sun. Tom came out during "Dream Baby Dream," which was the last song Bruce yeah. played, and sat right in front of my girlfriend and oh, I. How funny! And um, I had some of my jewelry with me, so I I when a girl sitting in front of me who we had been talking to, she's the girlfriend of one of the roadies that worked yeah. for Bruce. Um, I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, can you go give this to Tom? And she did. And he gave us a nice little wave and all that, but he came out, he came out to sit and watch Bruce play. Yeah. I, I will. <laughs> was sweet. Uh, my listeners right now are going, please don't tell the Thunder Road story. So I won't okay. you can hear the Thunder Road story on when we published some of the earlier episodes and about dream baby dream. Um, I, I think that's awesome. And I think that's great. And I, if I were you, I would have jewelry like that as well to give to someone just as a gesture and to. And that's and that's what it's about. Yes, you know? it is. sharing the love. Um, thank you so much. This You're has welcome, been so a blast. I hope you've had fun. I have had a lot of fun. It's been fun to kind of rack my brain and go back. I mean, there's so many more memories and i know we'll get off this podcast and i'll be like oh i should have talked about this or that but you know what i'll leave it for someone else to bring up their their memories and stories well and we can always have you again and i am talking about doing um maybe to go through some albums and kind of do a group three or four of us going through a deep dive of the album as we go forward in this podcast life um, if someone wants to reach you just to tell you how awesome you are or to order some jewelry, how can they do it? Well, for ordering jewelry, I can't talk for ordering jewelry. It's www.brucebuds.com. And for ordering other jewelry, it's www.twoheartsbycandy.com. And I am... Uh, two Hearts by Candy on Twitter, the number two, Two Hearts by Candy. Awesome. And um, put a note that you heard about him here on set lusting. Yes, Bruce. please do. So that would be nice to know. If you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, please send us an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Um, and we are at setlustingbruce on Twitter. And I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. So, um, Candace, this has been a joy. It's been so nice, Jesse. Thank Thanks you so for much. Having me. I will. And I'm going to close 
And I picked this in the middle of our discussion. And the more we talked about it, I know this was the perfect Bruce quote to end our discussion. May your strength give us strength. May your faith give us faith. May your hope give us hope. And may your love give us love. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.